Well, Lord, we thank you for your word, which is truth. We pray that you would, by your Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts and to our minds, that you would mold us into conformity with your word by your spirit, and we pray this in Jesus' precious name, amen. Well, once again, I, I, I want to say thank you for flexing with us this week, and for those of you who are visiting with us, uh, let me give you just a word of explanation. Uh, you didn't misread our signs at the street. You did not misread our website, uh, typically on Sunday. In fact, not just typically, every other Sunday of the year except this Sunday, we begin worship at, at 10.30. And uh, this Sunday is what we are calling Launch Sunday. And so we began today at 10 a.m. And we are going to continue following our time here in the sanctuary uh, in the Great Hall. Now, uh, again, if you're visiting with us, you may say, oh, great, you know, we, why do we have to pick this Sunday to come? But if you're trying to, uh, to find out about St. Andrews, this may be as good a Sunday as ever because uh, you will have the opportunity in the Great Hall to uh, see the, the ministries, the uh, the growth opportunities, the connect opportunities, the worship opportunities that we have here. So we'll be explaining that in just a moment. This month, we have been uh, looking at our uh, disciple flow, which uh, came out of our discussion uh, as a staff, as uh, uh, elders in the church, um, the the, the idea of every church is to make disciples. That that's, should be our whole goal. And, and what we say here at St. Andrews is that, that we don't have a discipleship program. Everything we do here at St. Andrews should be aiming at uh, helping people become more mature disciples. First coming to Christ and then maturing as a disciple. And so that's where uh, this flow came from. Uh, we, we talked the first week about uh, connect and our opportunities to connect with one another. And uh, last week we talked about growth and uh, the various grow groups. And uh, today we want to look at uh, serve and then next week worship. In terms of the idea of, of serving, uh, I've, I've been in the ministry for uh, many years now, and uh, when it comes to serving, there are certain things that uh, I've heard many, many times down through the years uh, when uh, people have considered whether they wanted to serve or not. For instance, I... Uh, I'm not serving because my, my plate is just too full. You've heard it, maybe you've said it, maybe you're, you're saying it in your mind right now. Or uh, I, I simply don't know where I'm needed. 
Or, I don't know what I can do. I don't know if I have a gift or not. Or, I've put in my time, it's time for some of the young folks to take over. Or, I've done things in the past, and no one seems to be grateful or even bothered to thank me for them. Now, that's not all the statements I've heard when people have uh, felt the, the need or felt compelled to explain to me uh, why they're not serving, and I, I don't go up to people and say, how come you're not serving or anything like that, but some uh, f- evidently feel that need. But, but these are some of the big categories that uh, we do tend to hear, and I'm sure if you've been around the church for any length of time, you've heard uh, one or more of these, maybe all of them, maybe multiple times. So what we've done this month is uh, looked in the book of Acts at how the New Testament church functioned. Uh, as, as we look at our church and, and look at that church, um, what we see in this area is that uh, the New Testament church served one another from the very beginning of its existence. Now, we already looked at how they connected and how they were committed to growth from the very beginning. They had 3,000 converts, and boom, you have a huge church. But they immediately began doing things that helped them connect. They immediately were committed to the apostles' teaching and to growth, to prayer, to worship. But we also see that immediately they were serving. Here's what it says in Acts 2, verse 44. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. So what we see here is that immediately mercy ministry began to take place. So they recognized one another had, had needs. And, and by the way, uh, when it comes to our church, we have all kinds of people join the church. But imagine having 3,000, boom, in one day. You can imagine there, there was every kind of, of person from, from the neediest to the most wealthy in that city. And because they were together all the time, they recognized one another's needs. So here's what happened. Fellowship and growth and worship led to service. So they were fellowshipping together. They they knew each other. They had connected. They were growing in God's Word, but they were doing that again with one another. They were uh, worshiping as well. And because of that, they saw the needs of one another. And because of the love of Christ in them and love for one another, they said, we've got to serve each other in this way. So here's what we see in terms of it impacting the community. Verse 47, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those 
who were being saved. So they were having favor. The community noticed. What they noticed was, here's this huge group of people that had nothing to do with with one another mere days ago and then weeks ago and then maybe months ago. And now, not only are they identifying with, with one another, are they spending time with one another, but they're making sure that they're all taken care of by, by serving each other and people noticed. Then fast forward a few chapters, Acts chapter 6, and you see that, that the elders of the church were uh, doing things like taking care of widows. Widows didn't have any way of caring for themselves uh, and, and that type of thing. And so uh, they were uh, distributing the food and so on, and it got to be such a big thing, and, and some were being left out and so on, that they said, we've got to appoint deacons. And so they did that so that the elders could continue on in the areas of growth and shepherding and teaching and prayer and caring for the people. And then we see what happened is they, they didn't have big evangelism programs. God just added to their number daily. The community notices and God adds to their number. A coincidence? Of course not. That's how it worked in a natural way. There's something beautiful about the relationship the, the people had that was so unique that others noticed. I want to read to you from uh, uh, a, a letter, and this is a, a, about the early church, a little later than Acts, of course, um, but it was a letter written to a, a, a man named Diogenetus, uh, who was an, an unbeliever, um, but written about the nature of how Christians lived in that time. Here's what it says. Any country can be their homeland. For them, their homeland, wherever it may be, is a foreign country. Like others, they marry and have children, but they do not expose them. In other words, they don't, they don't take them out. If they don't want them, they don't take them out in the wilderness and let them die. That made Christians different and the Christian community different. They share their meals, but not their wives. See, these are all things that were different than the society around them. They live in the flesh, but they're not governed by the desires of the flesh. They pass their days upon earth, but they're citizens of heaven, obedient to the laws, yet they live on a level that transcends the law. Christians love all men, but all men persecute them, condemned because they're not understood. They are put to get death, but raised to life again. They live in poverty, but enrich many. They're totally destitute, but possess an abundance of everything. They suffer dishonor, but, but that is their glory. They are defamed, but vindicated. A blessing is their answer to abuse, deference, their response to insult. To speak in general terms, we may say that the Christian is to the world what the soul is to the body. You see, that's, 
That's what the church looks like to the world when the church is being the church. It is that different. So how did God design the church to grow and to be the church? Well, that brings us to another passage of Scripture in 1 Peter 4, verse 10. God designed the church to be built using gifts he gives. So in the discipleship flow that you see there, that's the idea of serve or service. Here's what it says in 1 Peter 4, verse 10. And there are many passages I could have gone to or uh, back for Connect, we looked at uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 12, and we could have looked at Romans 12. There are other, pl- and, and Ephesians, where it talks about gifts. But here in this brief passage, it says in verse 10, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. So there's two important things right there. The first thing is each one has a gift. So if you're one of those that says, I look around, I see all these gifted people, and, uh, you know, that's just not me. I, you know, I, everybody else has a gift, but God forgot me when it came to gifts. Some of you may be feeling that way. I've known people that felt that way. Well, here is the Word of God saying, no, everyone If you're a child of the living God, if you're trusting in Christ alone for your eternal life, then then you possess at least one gift of the Spirit, at least one. And it's my view that most of us have multiple gifts and certainly talents as well. So that's the first thing it says, each has received a gift. Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied Grace. So the, the second thing we see immediately is that, that gifts are to be used. There, it's not something that God gives to us and we treasure and we own it and we keep it in here. That's his plan. The purpose, the very purpose of gifts is to edify, to grow the church spiritually. That's why he gives them. And so we are to use them, it says, as good stewards of God's varied grace. So what's the implication? If you don't use the gift he has given to you, then we're being bad stewards of his grace. How could we? when he has poured out his grace and salvation upon us, how could we? And it goes on in verse 11. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. That's the privilege of of servanthood. When we use our gift to serve others, 
we are administering God's grace. And it's not for your glory. It's not so you'll get the pat on the back or a commendation. The purpose is so that God will be glorified. He'll be, he'll, Christ will be more famous when the church is doing what the church is called to do. So back to the questions. Maybe the big question is, well, what's holding me back from freedom to serve? I hope that uh, the, the reasons I mentioned earlier just pale in terms of what Christ has done for us. I hope that's already the case. But let's look at those reasons that we use for not serving. The, the first one, time and, and busyness. And you know what? I, I would be the first to say that it's not getting any better. Over, over my ministry, there is no comparison in terms of the busyness and commitments of people in, in our day versus what it was when I became a pastor back in 1980. There's just simply no comparison. There were, there were days that uh, back then, you know, and, and particularly in the South, Wednesday and Sunday, that's sacred, right? That's just not the case anymore, is it? So I get it. I, I understand busyness. And by the way, that's one of the reasons as we've reformatted our ministries that, that we're, we're trying to streamline things. We haven't cut back on ministry, but we're focusing on certain days. We're having first night, which is all of our teams meet on one night of the month so that people don't have to be up here every night of the week. And the idea being that, that we want our people, yeah, there are things we need to get together for, but we want our people to have time with their family and time with our community. That's a part of being salt and light. So what do we do when our plate is too full? And I, I'm, I'm going to stipulate some of your plates are too full. But the question is, when we are offloading our plate, is it the church that we should offload? If God has given us a gift, is that what we offload? When other things in the world that we live in begin to crowd onto our plate, what are we going to let go? And there's no question we can't do everything. And so we've just got to make decisions. Think about Jesus. Aren't you glad he, he didn't say, I got no time for this? In his last hours, what did he do? He served his disciples. He washed their feet. There's a lot of things he could have been doing and teaching. What he taught was, that's how important service is. And then he washed their feet and he said, you need to do this too for one another. That's how important. Your plate may be too full. 
But the place to unload your plate is not by giving up on serving the Lord. Secondly, I don't know where I'm needed. There's so many other people here. Well, that one's easy. I'll tell you. Actually, this is what launch is all about. If this magazine, if, you know, if you've looked at this, uh, you are not saying, I don't know where I'm needed. And if you haven't had a chance to look at this, make sure you pick one up and you visitors, uh, please pick up a launch magazine. But, but then when we go to the Great Hall, you're going to see all of the, many of the things that are here represented down there, and you'll see opportunities. So if, if that's the problem, um, you will have your opportunity in a few minutes, just a very few minutes to go and see that there are places where you can connect and grow and serve and worship. Third, the third thing, I, I don't know what I could do. Now, some of you may be thinking that, uh, uh, you know, you don't know what your gift is or uh, think that, uh, you know, remember what Peter says here. Everyone's got, got a gift. And... Uh, you, you, you may be thinking, well, I don't know. I don't have anything to offer. Well, how do we know what our gift is? Now, some of you may have been through gift assessments where you answered 130 questions and, and at the end it told you what your, your gifts were or, you know, that kind of thing. And I'm not opposed to any of those kinds of things. They can be helpful tools if you have the time and the opportunity but I want to demystify uh, gifting for you. I want to simplify that too. I am convinced that the best way to start is if you see a need and you can meet it, then do it. You see a need and you can possibly do it, then step out. And test and see if you're gifted in that area. And it's very possible the reason you saw that need is because God has already gifted you. And you didn't, just didn't know it. But, but you noticed, oh, okay, there's children's things. There are needs in the children's ministry. I love children. I wonder if there's anything I could do. And then you walk over to their display and you see the various opportunities, or, boy, I love our choir and our musicians. I wonder if there's any place for me in this ministry. And so, don't start by worrying about identifying your gift. Now, here's, here's the other part of it, because this is where the beauty of the body of Christ comes in. Let's say you, you do volunteer, and I always like to use the third grade boys as an example um, because that, that's the first place I ever taught. They threw me in. I was a teenager. They threw me in with third-grade boys, okay, uh, because they thought maybe I, I could teach them. And by the way, the last time I used this illustration, I had a third-grade boy come up to me and say, what's wrong with third-grade boys? So <laughs> that's not the point, okay? Nothing wrong with third-grade boys. I love them. But... 
what if you go in the, you know, to the third grade boys and, you know, a, a, a couple months later, uh, all of them are, you know, there's maybe, you know, there were 12 to start with and all but one has left the church, you know, or, or they've kind of chewed you up and spit you out, okay? Well, maybe it's not third grade boys, but... But that's okay. Sometimes finding our gift is by trial and error. We do our best. And so what are the qualifications for maybe looking in the children's area, for instance? Well, you can't hate kids and go over and and look for a position there, okay? (laughs) If you do, there's plenty of other tables. So that's the idea in terms of, of, of finding our place. Some have said, I put in my time. It's time for some of the young folks to take over. Now, I will just tell you, when I was a young pastor, that statement used to anger me. When people who still had many good years and, and had great experience and wisdom basically retired and did nothing, and they would say, I've put in my time. I, I don't get angry anymore about that. It just makes me sad. It saddens my heart when people who could and have much to give to the body of Christ choose not to. If serving others is on your mind, you will be emotionally more happy. Jesus says you'll be blessed. You'll be happier in the Lord. Uh, As I was preparing this, I couldn't help but think of a a lady from my previous church. Her name was Margaret. Uh, She was the mother of a member of the church. She came and uh, she and her husband retired, came and joined the church. I knew her from about the age 77. She was about 77 until uh, she went into a facility for Alzheimer's, and, and then I did her funeral. But virtually every Sunday, she would come up to me and she'd say, what can I be doing around here? What can I be doing? I'd say, well, Margaret, here's some things, you know, and, and we would talk about it and so on. She always had that on her mind. And when she went into the facility for Alzheimer's, she said to her son, what am I supposed to do there? And his answer was, well, well mother, just minister to the other people that are there. That's how I want to go out. That's how I want to go out. Doing what God wants me to do right up till the end. Now, some of you, there are physical reasons you can't do it. You can't serve in ways you used to. But there are other ways that you can. And then I've done things in the past and no one seems to be grateful or even bothered to thank me. I like how Tim Keller, who was the pastor of Redeemer up in New York, 
He says, he addresses that. He said, pastors often hear, I work my fingers to the bone in this church, and uh, what thanks do I get? Is that the way it is? Your service was for thanks? He says, are you in your right mind? (laughs) Servanthood begins where gratitude and applause ends. Gordon MacDonald said, you can tell whether you're becoming a servant by how you act when people treat you like one. So what will we do today? Well, let's launch. I want to, first thing, ask you to get this out from your worship guide. And on the very front, there's a place for name, email, and cell. This is not a trick. Don't worry. You know, we're, we're not tracking you or anything. But just write your name and email and cell on the front there. There are pens all over the place if you don't have them. Don't bother just changing one number in your phone either. I mean, that doesn't work. (laughs) Okay, now after you've done that, I want you to open it up and you will see grow and open it up all the way. Now, these instructions aren't on here, so you have to listen to me. And I know Presbyterians like to work ahead, so stay with me on this. In the GROW, you will see some brand new GROW classes that haven't even started yet, but there are others that have, that have been going on. And if you have been participating in any of them, just put a circle around it. No checks, no X's, just a circle around it. Go through the GROW. You can do it rather quickly. You know if you've been in these groups or not. And then, do the same with Connect. If you've been in a community group, circle community groups. If you went to the church-wide getaway, circle that and so on. If you're in a, a, a circle or you play softball or any of those things. And then do the same thing in the serve area. Now, there's more of those And not everything is listed, but there's at least a category for it. So just go through and quickly circle things that that you have done in the past. Now, here's the reason I'm having you circle those. That's for your benefit, not for anybody else. Because I want you to look, and some of you will have uh, one or two or three in each section, and, and, and that's great, and that it, you've kind of had a balanced approach to discipleship. But some of you may have several in the grow area and uh, nothing in the serve area or nothing in the connect. And that's why I want you to circle them so you can kind of see if you've got some gaps that in order to have 
the, uh, the full experience of an enfolded church member that you can address. And sometimes we will see people that have a number of things in the serve area, but there's, there's nothing in the grow area. And you know what? Serving is wonderful, but we also need to grow in order to be the best servants. And we need to connect in order to be an enfolded disciple and church member. So, now that you see that, in a moment, we're going to go down to the Great Hall. And if you don't know where the Great Hall is, just follow everyone else. And here's what I'd like you to do. I want to encourage you to walk around and look at the displays, ask questions, and then check boxes that you either want to sign up for or get more information about. Over each section, it tells uh, what you check. For instance, uh, under grow, check boxes to sign up or if you plan to continue doing that. So even if you've circled something, if you plan to continue, you put an X or a check mark there. So many of you will have a circle and a, a checked box. Um, hopefully, many of you will. And then do the same all the way through. But, but you will see displays. There may be things that you haven't been involved with. And this is a time when you can get your questions uh, answered. There is no pressure, zero. But your check marks here are for our office. In other words, the circles are for you, the check marks are for us so that we can get information to you. And then, when you leave the Great Hall, there are collection boxes at both doors. You just drop it in there. Um, the other way to sign up for things is you can go online and do that and there's going to be more forms around. So here's the thing. If you check off some things today and then you think later, you're looking at Launch Magazine and say, oh, man, I wish I had found out more about this or that, there'll be more forms around. You just fill it out and turn it in later. This is, this is where we're starting today. Lord, thank you for this time of worship. Thank you for everyone that you have called here today. And... Now, Lord, as we, as we fellowship with one another, as we, we look at connect and grow and serve and worship opportunities, will you lead us to uh, what, what you would be prompting us to take part in or to get more information about? Lord, bless our time of fellowship, and, and would you also bless the food to our strength and enjoyment? And we pray for this in the precious name of Jesus. And God's people said... Amen.